Come on in, Kasten. My question is this. Yes. A little bit on racial disparity. Going all the way back to 1968. Yes, sir. I was in a... I was in a special reconnaissance platoon, mm-hmm. and I had a machine gunner that was black, mm-hmm. and our lives depend on each other. Mm-hmm. And as the years went, as the year went on with all the racial strife back here in the United States, mm-hmm. he started hanging around with all the, I should say, the blacks that were having all this against the white people in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So I went down there one day. I called him up in front of all these other blacks. I told him to put his hand out, and I took out my knife real quick, and I cut the palm of his hand, and I cut mine. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you see any difference in the color of the blood? He said, no. I said, understand something. I said, if it gets bad and you get hit, I said, I'm coming for you. If it takes my life, so be it but I'm coming for you, mm-hmm. and I expect the same from you. Up to the present day now, with Black Lives Matter and everything else going on, why is it that none of the high-profile black Americans, LeBron, Sheila Jackson Lee, or anybody else steps up and says, hey, you're bringing our race down. This is not right. You need to change your attitudes. But none of them speak up. None of them says anything. And then as a white person, if I brought anything like this up, then right away I'm condemned as a racist. Okay, let me let me ask you a question because, um, I, I'm, and by the way, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing up a subject that many would fear bringing up, especially to a black host. So you got my kudos right there, first of all. Now, secondly, um, I don't know if I quite understood the problem. What is this that you want Sheila and other prominent black well, people to do? Um, what, what I'm saying is you read every day about carjacking, sir. Uh, you read about people being accosted, everything on TV. Mm-hmm. And the majority of it is black Americans. That's all we see on TV. Right. And then my question is, is why don't the high profile black Americans that are in sports, baseball, football, mm-hmm. Sheila Jackson Lee, anybody else, why don't they speak up on TV and say, you're disparaging our race? This is not right. You need to change your attitudes, but you don't hear a word out of them. I am so happy you brought that up. And, and you, you, you know, you brought up a lot of issues, Kasten. Let me first attempt with the first thing that, well, it's one of the last things that you said. You said... Every time you look in TV and you see these crimes being committed, what do you see? Black folks committing those crimes, correct? Absolutely. And, right. and I feel oh. too much. Let, 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 let me stop you right there because, okay. you know, I think I, I made you say a whole lot, which I'm happy that you did. And because you're going to help me point out some very important points right here. Have you ever been to a courthouse? I'm not talking about for a traffic ticket or anything like that, but a criminal courthouse. Absolutely. I was a police officer for 18 years. Okay, great. So let, let, let me point something out. Black people as a percentage commit more crime when not waited for social, well, for economics events. In other words, uh, black folk, Latinos and others, when you look at it, when you pass it through a social economic prism, you find that if you go to Appalachia, where it's predominantly white, the level of crime, and I did all this research, that's why I'm glad you brought this up, because a lot of people think exactly like what you're saying as well. But I think what we ought to do as a society, I love everybody, I don't care who the hell you are, and I'm glad for the story you gave about you and your, your fo- the guy in the foxhole with you, because that is where we need to be as a country. You're absolutely right. But here's the deal, brother. 
um, what happens is what our society has done is it creates narratives. And that narrative about the evil uh, black man out there to get you is a, it's such a, a narrative that is presented on screen for Houstonians. Are you here in Houston? Yes, sir, I am. Okay. It's for Houstonians to see on TV. Every, every bad crime that you see on TV, mostly it's going to be a Latino or a black person that you see on TV. But if you effectively look at all the crime that has occurred in the city on that day, you would see that that is not the majority of the crime that has occurred. But that is what you will see on TV. You're absolutely right. Now, if you are looking at a society, if white, if white Houston or white America goes on to TV and every time they see a crime, they see a black person or a, a person of color, they are going to make that equation that says black people, crime, Latino people, crime. That's what they're going to see. And I can't blame them for seeing that, right? And that's why I take the stance that I take with my program. My program isn't to say, here is this white guy who just called me on the phone and he said that Sheila Jackson Lee should talk to black people and tell them to stop being criminals. First of all, that's the, the, the people that you see at TV are such a small percentage of the black population. If Sheila were to get up and say black people stop acting that way, she would be acknowledging that those criminals that you are seeing on TV are somehow representative of the black population at large. My wife goes to a predominantly black church. My daughter went to a predominantly white school. All right. Guess what? And, and she also goes, my daughter also goes to a predominantly black church. Guess what she has noticed among these different groups of people that she have that she's very close to this, her, her white friends in school and her black friends in church. The behavior, et cetera, are pretty darn similar. What we have... Well, if I, it, go ahead, come on. Can I stop you for a moment? Sure. The point you made just a couple of moments ago yes. about black Americans being portrayed on TV and the crime, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have many black friends. Yes. Okay. That's not, you know, in no way. I mean, I love them dearly. They're brothers to me. Right. But what I'm saying is when you see this portrayed in the media on TV all the time mm -hmm. over a large white populace and mm -hmm. they see that these young blacks with the hoodies on mm -hmm. and everything else are committing the crime, then you can't help but understand that a lot of white people that don't sit down and rationalize it, as you just stated, mm -hmm. That they say, well, overall, this is the way they the 13 percent of the black population is. Yes, and 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 by God, you know, the, the, you know, this is this is bad. We Kasten, don't want to deal with this. So let me talk and to you, Kasten. You, Kasten, that is where you come in, Kasten. You're a smart dude, aren't you? You're a smart dude, and you know, the, the society is only going to change when all of us make the change or, or, or either we make the change or we also force the change with our, you know, with our persuasive powers. If, if you listen to my programs all over that where I give, I am not the black guy that comes out and, and just start attacking white folks who seem to say racist things or seem to say certain things that are unkind. You don't see me doing that. What I try to do is I try to see things through the eyes of the person that I'm talking to. And the reason I try to do that is most people I've realized in society are good people. And they're good people with with racist feelings. They're good people with racist ideas. And some folks are going to slap me for saying that. But here's what I mean. People didn't become that way out of just thin air. We have a, an entire society whose job it is 
to, to create this chaos. Because believe it or not, and I'm going to go a little bit in the weeds here, but I'm going to ask you to stick with me. Our economic system depends on racism. And I don't mean the way you may think. It depends on white guys like you, right? And white folk looking at Latinos and looking at black folk and be concerned about what they're doing because the, the, the way the economic system works, it, 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 it pilfers everybody. You, it pilfers you as a white guy. It pilfers me as a black guy, a black Latino, black Caribbean dude. It pilfers, the, it pilfers everybody. But the only way they can continue doing that is to create these animals. So when you watch TV, uh, crime look a certain way, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. You know, there's uh, a. Well, let me. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, let me bring you up, Dale, on one thing. I wrote back on the Miami Police Force. Yes, sir. And uh, once the area I rode was predominantly black, mm-hmm. Haitian, Puerto Rican. Yes. One side was called the pit, mm-hmm. the other side was called the swamp. Mm-hmm. And the pit was where all the Puerto, Rican, Puerto Ricans and Haitians lived, and mm-hmm. the swamp where all low income blacks lived. Mm-hmm. And I was raised never to be prejudiced by my family, never, never have been in my life. Mm-hmm. But as a white police officer riding an all-black area mm-hmm. and dealing with the same thing day in and day out, mm-hmm. you cannot help but getting somewhat prejudiced. Because I used to see black guys shining their cars, getting them just absolutely beautiful, and they'd get, you know, they'd be dressed to the nines with the shirt and the coat and all that and getting mm-hmm. in their Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And then I would see the poor black mother with three little kids traveling along behind her with a shopping cart full of clothes mm-hmm. going to the laundromat. Right. And and I would go, what is wrong with this picture? And, uh, but can and I... the same thing, and, and like I said, going all the way back to that time, 71, 72, and it carries all the way over to right now. There's no father structure. There's no guidance. There's no value. There's no common sense. All right. Let me, let me, let me push back a, li- a, a bit there. Um, and the reason I, I want to tell remember I spoke earlier about a lot of these issues being socioeconomic, right? And there's a genesis for all of this. Uh, You already gave me the impression that you are acknowledge pigmentation for some, for all practical purposes, skin deep. I have a whole book I wrote about uh, this particular, particular issue, but I'm not going to go there now. But everything that you just said right there about the black folks that you've seen in that, in not the in the swamp, I guess the part that you look in, right? I can ride to a certain part of America with mostly white people. I tell you, I could tell you a story about my daughter in Ohio, in the Ohio River Valley, um, and that is the same behavior you get. Social economic behavior is a thing, but what happens? It's while it is highlighted on TV or when you are a cop because you are in Miami and not in. Timbuktu, Ohio, that is what you saw. Not often would folks speak the way you just spoke about black folks, about the white areas in Appalachia. The the picture is bad that you just showed. The guy shining his car, taking care of himself, 
and not of the mother with three kids who is he impregnated. But I'm saying that's not a racial thing. You saw it in a black neighborhood, but it's not a racial thing because it's something you will also see. Totally agree with you. Right. But, you know, I was just trying to state the point yes. that being a white officer in an all black area right. and seeing the same thing right. every day, every day while I'm patrolling, even though I was raised without any prejudice whatsoever, it got it you prejudice. creep yeah. into your mind. And let me tell you what I what I expect of you as a police officer, though, sir. And this is where training is supposed to come in, because believe it or not, like I said, I see things through the eyes of others. And if you're a white officer in a black neighborhood having to address black persons doing bad things and also maybe being racial towards you because of their own experiences, I can see how the animosity builds. I can see that through your eyes. What I'm saying, however, you as a professional, your training should still keep a particular modus operandi. When I march with Black Lives Matter, and I have marched with Black Lives Matter before because I have seen cops do the things that cops do to people who have... Your sentiment, the sentiment that you just gave, sir, actually tells me that under a particular condition, you could have behaved that way. Am I right? Well, yeah, you know, absolutely. But, uh, okay, you know, so let me stop you there. Let me stop you there because that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, we're all humans, right? And we have these behavior types. Now, that said, the reason I march with these guys, I'm saying we have to change the modus operandi. And you as a yeah. professional, you are the professional. You are the professional, right? We have to instill in your training. You know, when you remember when you're in the military, uh, you had to learn muscle memory. Certain bullets start flying. You had to learn how to react before your mind gets involved. What happens with a lot of cops is their muscle memory has not been trained that correct or have not been trained correctly. Yes, they're calling you names. They're disrespecting you. They're doing all these things. But what is your name? A peace officer. Well, if I can say on that subject matter yes. that you just brought up, the Thoris training. Yes. Let's go back to George Floyd mm -hmm. and the other three officers. I have to admit, I have somewhat empathy for them because mm -hmm. what I'm saying is these were newbies on the force. Yeah. And when when you're a newbie on the force, you're on probation, and. Uh, I can't remember the main guy that was holding George Floyd down. Yeah, but he was the he was a senior officer. Right. So this is just like being in the military, my friend. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a PFC, and I see my captain doing something. Right. I'm going to speak up against my captain. No, no I'm going to be won't. cleaning out. I'm going to be cleaning out grease traps for the next three years. And so these young officers, they're seeing this, and in their mind, they're going, "Yes." This is wrong. This should not be scared to death to speak up because this guy would write on an efficiency report. And very simply, these guys are thinking about their family, support for their family, and they get right. fired. Right. Well, look, let me let me tell you, Kristen, uh, first of all, keep listening to my show. Keep calling in. Uh, and uh, what I like about the, the conversation is we can have a frank conversation. And I think if if. If we start doing more of this, looking through other people's eyes and you yourself, I want you looking through the eyes of those people that you became prejudiced against and, and ask what the genesis is of how they are. It didn't, none of this happened in a vacuum. 
people didn't get the way they were in a vacuum. And if, if more of us were preaching this narrative, this proper narrative that, you know, that the bad guy, whether white, black or blue or whomever, didn't get that way out of the blue. And those are the things that I like to figure out. We, we can either want to make a positive change in society or just keep fighting among folks. And I chose well, or I choose to make a positive change. Well, I'll tell you real quickly, and then we'll let it go. As far as the George Floyd thing and the other young officers, you have to admit yourself, some of us have a weak backbone, some of us have a strong one. I've got a very strong one. I say it like it is. Yeah. And if I was one of those officers, I would have gone over there and I would have pulled them off Floyd mm-hmm. in a heartbeat, whether it cost me my I think, job Look, Kasten, I think you're a good person. I honestly think you, you called in and we could have this conversation. And I, I think you're a good person. Keep calling, keep listening. But I do think that there, there, there are some streaks that I heard in uh, some, uh, there, there are some stereotypes I heard in the words that you say, but we tackled that some other time. But I really do appreciate your call though, sir. All right, my friend. Have a good you one. You have a great one now. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.